you know, Tim, you'd be probably the wealthiest person I know that I've I, I've got on a first name basis. But you know, money just does not buy happiness at all. Hey folks, this week on The Wealth Faculty, we're gonna find out what it takes to become the best property developer in all of Queensland. Six out of the last seven years, these guys have won the best development, best building in the whole of Queensland and have gone on to win awards in the same category for the whole of Australia. Tim Forrester, Mike Hurley, the founders of uh, the ARIA Property Group up in Brisbane share with us this week their wisdom when it comes to creating an amazing company, uh, creating an amazing vision that leaves a legacy for the future. They're throwing down the gauntlet to other developers in Australia and if not the world to create the best buildings in the world, some of the most amazing spaces and places to live. Their vision is, um, if not um, comparable to Steve Jobs and um, Elon Musk, in saying we want to be the best, we want to build the best buildings, we want to be the best developer, and we want our owners who own our properties to have the best times. What does it take to be that person, to create that vision, create that wealth, bring that energy and excitement every day? Well, you're going to find out when you tune into this week's episode of The Wealth Faculty. Hope you enjoy. Tim, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jason. Great to have you guys here. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, thanks for hosting me, me hosting you in your amazing display here. No worries. We're going to hang out tonight and do some stuff here for mentoring. But yeah. uh, this afternoon, I'd love to sort of dive into the story of Aria, you know, you guys and uh, your extended team. But uh, yeah. my first sort of thing that I want to sort of kick off with, you know, you guys have won six out of the last seven years best, uh, best development in Queensland. Yeah. You know, did you guys ever start out thinking, yeah, that's where we're going. We're going to be the best developer in Queensland. Where did it start? Because I have a, a little <laughs> bit of an inkling of the story. But, yeah, um, oh, you it's know, been, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a journey real, for you guys. It's been a real journey, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously starting ARIA 17 years ago with with Michael and also Brent, you know, a couple of schoolmates. So there's three of you in the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three the- well, obviously, you know, there's 40 of us now. But, now. Uh, yeah, yeah, when we started, it was pretty humble beginnings. You know, yeah. we started in a little storage shed. Um, in the city with no air conditioning and uh, and started off just trying to do little land deals and property deals and then we started doing apartments that were six units, eight units, 12 units, 20 units, 30, 60, 100 and the rest is history so they say. Where you so find, it has been a real journey. Yeah, yeah. 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 And what about you Mike, mate, you know? I think early on it was just some young blokes trying to make a dollar really. It Give it was, a whirl. Um, yeah, just trying to figure it all out and have a bit of fun along the way but certainly where we are now today and where we started are uh, poles apart. It was definitely a big evolution. So you guys were at school together so so also Brent as well, like yeah, the three yeah, of you. Yeah, yep. And, um, you know, did you guys sit in the, the playground at lunchtime going, right, when we grow up, we're going to be developers? Well, like, what, was that the conversation or, you know, like, how did it get uh, there? Because, I mean, really, you know, it could have went anywhere for, for all of you guys. And, you know, what, how did it get to, so let's get into business together and do something? What, what went on there? Yeah, well, um, you know, Brent and I were in the same grade. Mike was a, a year or two older than us. And then Mike and I ended up living together at university. So we sort of really became you know, good mates then and yeah. shared an apartment together. I know actually, it's a podcast, but, you know, I probably look a lot <laughs> younger than Tim, but I'm actually, I'm actually a little older than older Tim. Older than Tim. There we go. He has got a few more grey hairs. I'm not sure if you can see that in through the podcast. But, uh, but no, look, it just – it actually, the three of us lived in an apartment together on Albert Street, um, Brent, Mike and I. So we've sort of had, you know, really close, tight-knit, you know, friendship. And I think that's been the success of Aria is just – the level of trust that we've had with each other, yeah, you know, yeah. knowing that every single day, whether it's Mike or Brandon, myself or, or anyone, um, Dave Marsland, our CFO, was our first ever employee 17 years ago. 17 he came on as a ago. junior yeah. accountant and is now our CFO. So I think that culture of sort of loyalty and trust and integrity and it's really laid the framework for the ARIA business to the be success. able to do some amazing things. Yeah, I mean, really at the end of the day, you know, um, 17 years in business, not yep. many businesses get that far in the world. I mean, I think I was looking at a statistic the other day. It was like, you know, 10% of 1% get past 15 years in the whole world. And, you know, yeah. um, I was waving my flag because PRE is there <laughs> at 18 as well. You yeah. guys are 17. Same year, yeah. So, you know, an amazing achievement. And to then be winning awards and those sorts of things from 
really where you guys sort of, you know, hanging out, living together, not really knowing what you wanted to do. It could have been quite easy for you to follow in your father's footsteps. So, yeah. so what was that kind of, you know, um, energy and, and, and sort of oversight like for you? I don't know if that's the right word, oversight, but, yeah. you know, was that an expe- expectation for you or like across the friendship or like in, you know, in, in that sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, you know, with, yeah, I mean, I've had a father who was in, in property development and construction. Yeah. And, you know, he's just not only a best friend for me, but just an amazing mentor my whole mm-hmm. life. Um, but he taught me, I think, growing up, you know, every Saturday we'd always be driving around looking at the new house he was building or looking at townhouses or a small block of apartments. So I think for me it was really in the blood and, and I don't know about for, it was in for the Mike DNA. as well. Yeah, what about you, Mike? Oh, was, I, was I remember early. being at school and um, my careers guidance counsellors, you know, trying to tell you where you'd go and at the time I was uh, a bit of a naughty school student so I wasn't really getting top marks. But I remember looking around at all my friends' parents that were most successful at our school and they were all in property. So I just said, well, I want to do that because literally all my friends' parents that really had become you know, very successful in the Sunshine Coast were in property development. So, yeah. And uh, I just had a real love affair for property because it was, to me, quite simple, you know, monopoly. Buy your little house and then trade <laughs> I was up playing and get with my house. son on the weekend. Really? Yeah. That's great. Did you, did you play it when you were younger as well? Was well, that, I, no? think he, I think he beat me actually. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I remember fantastic. growing up playing a lot of Monopoly. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just as Mike said, just yeah, great simple principles. And I think it's the key to property is keeping it simple a lot of the times as well. You can try and overcomplicate it a yeah. little bit. So it's just get good advice, invest in the right areas and play the long game. You yeah, know, it's the long not a, game. It's not an overnight story property. Um, it is about riding the cycles and waiting for, you know, markets to, to move as well, yeah, which yeah, they yeah. always do at different times. What do they say? You know, the the um, the, the get-rich-quick overnight success started, you know, 18, 17 yeah, years ago. You know, exactly. it, you, you don't get to win awards, you know, in, in five minutes flat with, uh, you know, no matter what you're doing, in this life, but mate, and what about your family? Just quickly for, for your background, you know, Look, my, my dad was in um, the body corporate management industry, so he you. was tied so, really closely property to as well. property, God, and right. he's sort of done a lot of our buildings forever. So, yeah. dad was on a different side of it, but you know, I just once again look back at you know, really successful people, and they were all you know, on the Sunshine Coast, at least in Brisbane, in the property development industry. and yeah, my dad just taught me hard work, hard work, hard work and, you know, be honest and ethical and you only get one name and, you know, do the right thing. So, yeah, you know, they were pretty simple principles to, to sort of live by. It was destined to be really. You, you blokes had property in the veins. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was pumping we through the We shared a few other interests as well. But pro- property it wasn't was one property. of them. <laughs> we certainly <laughs> didn't mind having a bit of fun have as well. A bit of fun. Well, I was going to I was going to sort of roll into that one, you know, like it started out as, as best friends and, and, and including – Brent, I'm sure, you know, I mean, you guys, um, you know, um, grew up at school. You know, what uh, what sort of stuff did you get up at school? Were you into the sport? You, you know, did you cause a bit of trouble? Were you sort of straighty 180 at, at school? Were you, were you A students? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think uh, – I think both of us, um, you know, had a real competitive streak in our – in our body and and I think we still do in absolutely everything we do. So I know personally, uh, you know, it's just in love with anything that was competitive. So sports, you know, I think we we played AFL, rugby, cricket, tennis, golf. We both love to be in the ocean all the time. Mike did a lot of surf, surf, life, surf life saving as well. Yeah. So it was just anything where you could get out and 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 really give it a crack was what you know, I love doing. I'm sure Mike was similar. Yeah, no, exactly the same and definitely not a straight A student but I remember that I would annoy all the teachers pretty much and still do it today. I just asked the question, why? Someone would tell me something and i go, why, why, why? And still to this day when, you know, the city council tells us we can't do something, I say why or Queensland Rail, I say why and then eventually you get the outcome you want because people just are used to, thinking things are hard or telling you you yeah, can't do I don't think you can it. ever change change the world or change the marketplace if you don't ask why. Mm. I think everything starts with that question of, of why is that and that's what we're really trying to do with our buildings, you know, change it up. We don't want to just create conventional apartment buildings. We want to try and push the envelope and we want to create buildings that we're going to be really, really proud of. Yeah, I think you guys are certainly well down that pathway and, um, uh, and I think you're only getting started to, in my world like you guys are charging along there amazingly. But when did you sort of decide, all right, well, let's get into, into partnership, you know, um, good friends hanging out, you know, living together, you know, I, well, I remember. I, I, can, I can sort of answer that. It was more so 
Tim wanted to start his own company and it just so happened that, you know, his two mates that were happened to be living in the same apartment, it was sort of like, you know, hey, do you guys want to uh, come with me? And we're like, sure. So, <laughs> well, I think the only people when you're starting a business you can get to work for you are people that will work for nothing. Yes. So they'll work for free, <laughs> yeah. work for the love. And, and that's, I mean, both Mike and Brent, when I reflect on it, um, pretty unbelievable to think. I mean, I think for the first two years, um, Mike basically didn't earn a dollar. Brent was the same. Um, you know, it was just basically living living sort of, you know, very, very frugally and just yeah. trying to get by. I think we had a lot of noodles. We used to go to the jackpot <laughs> noodles where you get the little $4 noodle basket every night. Um, but it was just getting getting through and, and trying to survive. And then we got the first deal that sort of came through. And Was and that the one things. where you guys were sitting in the uh, commercial property with no air conditioning in your yeah, undies? I remember you guys was, talking to me about yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was so hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, you had to sort of you couldn't wear you couldn't wear work clothes, so we'd just have to wear our boxer shorts and be sweating. And then if someone would come to the door, you need to get changed. And it was quite a it was quite an event. But I mean, they're they're the days you remember so fondly. And I remember those first couple of deals that we did. Yeah, they were probably the most fulfilling deals that you you will ever do. Um, and for me, I just feel so fortunate to have you know mates when you reflect on it that would literally work for nothing on a promise on a dream on hey we can do this together and everyone believed it and we sort of never really wavered on that and right now we openly say you know we want to create the best buildings in the world we want to be one of the most sustainable developers in the world and we want to bring that real environmental sustainability to our projects and we're kind of not going to let anything stand in our way we're going to continue to to push and drive until we get there i think that same determination was there from day one wasn't it yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun along the way. And it's also like we're all really good mates. We shared the same philosophies and goals and, you know, none of us were, you know, I remember very early on because I also started early on in sales. I remember when I was 18, 19, I got an option of take a salary and a little bit of commission or no salary and just go 100% commission. And in my mind, because I'm an eternal optimist and I always back myself, I'm like, hell no, I'll do 100% commission only because I just back my ability to eventually get the deal done. So I've always taken that long-term approach rather than the kind of have the safety net, so to speak. So I suppose I was a bit of a gambler personally early on. Went for it. And, and mm. it sounds like really at the end of the day, you guys bootstrapped it um, right from the start and, you know, under your own steam, you know, yeah. created something that's pretty, pretty special. But when did it become apparent that, okay, well, we've done some deals, you know, um, there was a couple of deals you know, under the belt and you say, well, let's build really good buildings. Like how did that part come about for you guys? Was there a moment in time or, you know, what, what really spurred that part? Oh, I know for me that there sort of was. It had been a journey that had been building for a long time yeah. and we did a lot of work on Jim Collins's book, Good to Great. Yeah. He sort of analysed what is it that makes good companies become great companies in the United States and all around the world. And that was all about having one thing that you honed in on that you focused on that you wanted to be the best in the world at. Mm. And for us at that point, we were doing commercial office, we were doing industrial, we were doing land, apartments, we were doing a bit of everything and we were trying to be everything to everyone. And it was that moment, probably around you know that 2010, 2011, we said we want to do just apartments and we want to really, really strive to be the best apartment developer in the world. And that was our sort of whole goal from that point of view. And then with our apartments, I remember I always liked to walk buyers through our apartments and we had a building in the early days that we did and I walked through and I just, you know, I just felt like I could tell that the client wasn't completely blown away with it and I felt like we could have done better and made the apartments a bit bigger and produced a bit better amenity and we still tried our heart out but I just knew we could do better and it was a real turning point where I said I never want to have that feeling again. Mm. I want to really, really strive every single time we walk a mum and dad or an investor or an owner through any one of our apartments, which we like to personally do at the end of every building as well with certain buyers. We want to make sure they are so incredibly proud of everything that they've bought. We want to make sure we are as well and we've left nothing in the tank. And that's where the upgrade things come along, like buildings like, you know, Botanica and Oxley and all these buildings where we throw three, four, five million dollars worth of upgrades at the building, even though we've sold the whole building out, we're doing that because we want that to be the absolute best building it can be at settlement. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. When I, so, I, I certainly know that uh, all of our buyers love uh, love that surprise at the end. I mean, the yeah. value that you add, and it comes out of your profit too. And one of the things that uh, I've already resonated with you guys, you know, you add as much value as you can, and it's not you know the big money grab, build a box, a rubbish box in the sky, and then move on. You know, it's always been you know you talk about it, you talk about it, leaving a legacy that you're yeah. going to be proud to walk by in. 20, 30, 40 years' time with your family. 100%. Where did that come from? Where, like, where's that grit come from? Because that's sort of, you know, uh, I do know, you know, many people who kind of, you know, well, you know, you know, I don't really trade on values or whatever, the, the dollar comes first. Like, you know, um, you, re- you oh, reckon that? Yeah, I think for, for me, and I can't obviously, you know, I think Mike and I have spoken about it enough to sort of answer. I mean, it's just, it's something bigger than profits and something bigger than projects. Like, we... We really feel like you know that that legacy piece is something that's bigger than anything else. You know, yeah. we've both got young families, and um, and you know nothing gives you more satisfaction than walking past these buildings or down Fish Lane or whatever it might be in 20, 30, 40 years time, and feeling such a sense of pride and accomplishment mm. and legacy with what we've created. Yeah, um, and it's a really important piece for us that we we never want to waver on. So sometimes you've got to forego some profits to to create that um, and I think a lot of people maybe struggle with that because you know they might have pre-sold the whole building out and they don't need to but for us it's something that's a really really important piece for us that that drives us really I mean we don't I think we can openly say we don't do what we do now just for the profit and projects and do another one and whatever we do it because you know we we want that legacy with every project we deliver the best stuff but you made anything, anything? Oh, yet? look, yeah, I second that. And, you know, back on the projects, I call it the, the sort of mum and dad family test. Like, yeah. would you sell or would you let your parents or your brother and sister buy in that building? Because if you don't do it right, you're going to hear about it for the rest of your life. So if you really look at it through those lens and go, you know, like personally for me, I keep a unit in every development we do. And I feel very comfortable when friends and family buy in there that my money's alongside them and that you've done the best you can. Now, looking back, we're always learning and evolving. So like every building we hope is better than the last one. But, you know, at that point in time, that was the best we could do. And we're very proud of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And same with me, Jason. I mean, every building, I think you you create a building you're going to be proud of in 20 years or 30 years. But... Again, the difference is like Mike's invested in there and like even for myself, I'm personally keeping one or two or three levels in every building as well now. So I'm sort of, we're all invested in the value that we're creating and the legacy that we're creating. So we just look at every decision really, really fundamentally differently. It's, it really is. Well, you're going to be proud of that in 20 years. If not, don't do it. Let's do it properly and let's. You know, so we're adding value to our own investments every time we do those things as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really now you guys are, you know, pushing the envelope in, the, in your designs, you know. Mm. I mean, the inspiration um, for, for these things must be, you know, just amazing. Like every time you're going next level, you know, it, I, I remember I, I can't, like if I had a dollar for every time I said, oh, this one's next level, boys, you know, <laughs> you know, every time you're doing it. But where do you get that inspiration from? I, I remember sort of you guys sort of said you, you, you've done some trips, but, you know, is it is it uh, you know the the junkets overseas? You know, is, you is it talk about that? <laughs> well, I'm going to try and keep a straight face, but it is a podcast. <laughs> but I think you can probably tell. Look, we do uh, we do go on a few um, research trips in parentheses, but yeah, like going seeing what the best people in the world are doing is really inspiring. And early on, I know you know we never thought we'd be you know the most awarded developer in Queensland or Australia, but early on, we'd go to Sydney and Melbourne and yeah. see what some great developers yeah. interstate were doing i remember we got some great ideas but now we go to places like singapore and and, and sort of new york and miami and you know so we go to these places and see what are other, they more enjoyable for your well, research you know it's really hard work to you know go and get inspiration from restaurants and bars and hotels and buildings but yeah it's a byproduct we yeah. have a lot of fun but is yeah. there a developer or or someone uh, around the world that inspires you guys have you ever Sort of said, oh, gee, they do like next level buildings. I, you know, one day. Like, oh, I think like we that, in the in the um, yeah, we we've definitely drawn. I think a lot of inspiration off what Mervac did in the early days. Yep. Like I think when Mervac was really founded um, through the nineteen nineties and early two thousands, and you know they delivered 
such an incredible product and brand. I think they really set the benchmark for apartment living. Um, yeah. So we've always strived to, you know, create create buildings in line with that. And then globally, there's been some amazing buildings that we've seen in in Miami and New York and, and even Singapore. You know, some of the stuff that Richard Hassel from Woha has done in Singapore is just, you know, it's changing the game. You know, yeah. it's greening cities. And yeah. if we're serious about not just whinging about climate change, but actually doing something about it, then, you know, as developers, we've got a responsibility. It can't just be concrete and glass forever that just makes cities hotter. You need to cool cities. You need to get rid of some of the carbon from all the carbon that's being created. We need to create oxygen. We need to start greening these cities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if we want to genuinely think about our kids' future and our kids' kids' futures, it can't just keep going on with concrete and glass forever. Yeah. So that's something that Richard Hassel's really inspired us a lot um, from Woha, which is an architect. Yeah. And uh, it's been some great stuff. That, yeah, there's that some great done. ones in New York, related property group. There's just a lot of, you know, yeah. and it's funny, some developers will might do one good one and a few average ones and another good one. So it's, you know, sometimes architects we follow, sometimes some developers and there's just lots of great I think that examples. inspiration bit's interesting, like a bit of a difference with ARIA. We try and partner with the best creative minds in the world. Yeah, because so, you guys run yeah, competitions, right, exactly. to get the design. So every building, yeah, yeah, we go to four architects now yeah. um, around Australia and we, we get them and they've all got, you know, big personalities and really strong egos and what have you and they're all competing. To, to blow us away and create the best building they possibly can. Yeah. So we get those four and we pay them all to actually come up with the design concept and then yes. we can pick the best design concept um, from that and we get just some amazing ideas and some amazing inspiration from, you know, creative minds like Koichi Takata and, and, and you know, they've just been, they've been incredible to work with for incredible us. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the ones that uh, you guys are talking about, you know, I know you're uh, – uh, managing the uh, progress of the approvals and stuff, which is, um, you know, Urban Forest, one of yeah. the ones, and we're going to talk about some others tonight. But yeah. um, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, this is sort of David Attenborough's um, uh, Facebook, and it's, there's, you know, 4,800 comments, 81, yeah. you know, 8,100 shares around the world uh, about something like that. And what, what I love about what you guys are doing, you're putting your money where your mouth is when it comes to, all right, well, if our kids are going to have a future, yeah. You know, we got to do our bit, right, for for whatever we can do, um, you know, with the planet and those sorts of things. And that's, um, you know, uh, a prime example of really sort of going next level. In, I think in that that's a building, building that, yeah, we we really believe that that has the potential, that building to basically change the world when it comes to apartment in a city development. That building has all the makings of something that, that we could look back on in 10, 20, 30, 40 years and say, this was the moment that that the world changed in the property space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's talking about reusing 100% of the grey water. So whenever you have a shower, whenever you brush your teeth, we capture that water. We treat that water. That's what gets used in the garden beds. We're going to use that to look to irrigate the park across the road for the community and the public. We're going to be using solar, using battery powered, working with Tesla to use the Tesla battery packs through there, building public parks. I mean thousand trees 20,000 plants like that this is like this is game changing for the world if yeah. we when we deliver this building um it's it's going to change the game and i don't think development will ever look back once it goes to this level you know the days of, of stuffy concrete boxes they're, they're gone it's it's gonna has a has a huge potential so i and, know and mike's <laughs> probably got a bit that he's pretty passionate it's really been it's Mike, Mike's baby. Mike's he's baby is championing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in little old Brisbane too, you know. I just remember like even during COVID, we, we had sort of three or four big items in the building that we were quite far down the design process. And even during COVID, we decided to go even more all in and add mm. a lot more features that we that we hadn't really contemplated to sort of put even more into the building. And then we lodged it in. And, you know, it's a real game changer. There's so many different elements in the building parks and green spines and lighting in the building and yeah. the common area and cross flow ventilation and backyards in the sky it's going to be really cool but you know every apartment's got its own backyard for example so like you've it's got hard a to 30, even comprehend 30, to think 30 about 40 right 50 now, you know? square meter backyard yeah. balcony That's so amazing. gone are the days of the 10 meter balcony you go out and you sit on or whatever yeah you've got a backyard you've got trees you've got planters You've got, you know, it's you know, it's a game changer. It's it's, and you know, we're very humbled by you know getting getting sort of a shout out from um, you know 
Mr. Attenborough on something like this to obviously, as he calls it, let's rewild the planet. Yeah. He wants to see more trees and greenery and everything. So certainly, um, you know, lets us know we're uh, heading in the right direction. Totally. Well, you know, I think, uh, I think, uh, if, uh, if you're putting the challenge out there to other developers to sort of step up, it's, um, it's great for you guys to be chucking down the gauntlet. But mate, let me tell you, it's yeah. not easy. Yeah. Like, that, that, We're that challenging building, everyone, not just uh, <laughs> developers. That, that is not easy for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, that building alone will have three full-time landscapers uh, yeah. on the building um, to, to get everything wide where there's no way trees are going to fly out of the building. There's no way trees yeah. will die. There's yeah. no trees can get enough water in an environmentally sensitive way. There's so many complexities and so many things that we've had to work through. Six different microclimates on the building alone. So we've got you know not only the north, south, east, west. We've got you know underneath. We've got up high in the winds. We've got some to get more sun, less sun. We've got yeah. 28 species of trees wow. alone. It'll just go on the outside. We'll have 250 plants all up. Some plants can use grey water. Some plants have to use rainwater. The different nutrient levels of the water. It's crazy. We've got some very smart people, and we've actually got three PhD students from Griffith University that are doing their thesis on the building alone. So one guy's just doing the planters on the side of the building. Um, one student is doing air quality and how the, the, the dust and the air quality and the temperature of the trees on the building, how it's going to cool the environment. And then someone else is just doing it on grey water and water for the building. So it's pretty cool that literally Griffith reached out to us and said, hey, can we we actually get three different PhD students to do thesis on your project because we think this is game changing around the world. Mm. So it's it's pretty crazy it's the huge. level of detail we're going to. Yeah, well, mm. maybe gone are the days of just uh, chucking some bricks up and making sure you got the Rio <laughs> in there. Is, well, mate, is, I think you, as know, well, you need the scientists as, as well. As someone, I mean, yeah. we've done a lot of you know different buildings, and you you realise like the heat that gets generated yes. from glass reflecting on glass, reflecting on concrete, reflecting on bitumen. That's why the cities and, and the planet just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. So yeah, yeah. if we can actually cool the city through this, if we can get rid of the carbon, if we can create more oxygen, you know, it's, yeah, there's a lot of really, really good things. Um, so, Yeah. But as usual, there's a lot of people telling us no, and we just say, why? 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 Keep pushing. Why? Well, we're, yeah. And we think it is. We think it's bigger than just another building. We really do. Well, I think um, I think uh, the community support, you know, like is amazing. Like, you know, just in the small circles we move in, you know, it's it's loud and, and everyone wants to see it get up. So Yeah, you know. well, I mean, it's interesting. We have, I think we're up to about 250 calls just to our switchboard with people asking how they buy an apartment in there. So just yeah. random people that saw that Ari is developing it and <laughs> cold call us. So, yeah. I mean, it just, you know, the inquiry is going to be incredible. So yeah, yeah, yeah. People want to be a part of it. They do. They want to be part it's of something their, special. It's their way to help yeah. play a part in yeah. their kids' future. Absolutely, adding some value. Well, you know, talking about kids, you guys are family men. You know, you've got a few more than... <laughs> That's a competition. <laughs> <laughs> but but how do you guys? I mean, listen, you know, like you said, you know, making something amazing is not a part time gig. You guys, you know, are flat out with this stuff. It's not, you know, you don't go to work at nine and come home at three or whatever it is. It's no, there's no knock off time. Like, how do you guys balance your family life when it comes to this sort of thing? You know, uh, I'm assuming that your family is sort of in this journey with you, in this legacy with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or well, for me, family's kind of everything. It's- yeah. It's kind of priority number one, two, and three for me in my life. So I really do try and get that balance where you know you, you don't miss anything yeah. with with your kids. And I think the fact that we've gone really hard for for the last twenty years, um, we're at a point now where maybe we don't need to work and go as hard as That's what hard. we once did yeah. uh, when you were starting your business. And as well, it's an important thing with Aria. We never want to be the biggest developer in the country. We are so comfortable with doing one to two great buildings a year and that's all we need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not interested in going to Sydney or Melbourne or Perth or all these other developers want to go all around the country and all around the world and do all these amazing things. We think Brisbane's the best place, you know, in Australia and for us to develop and, and we only want to do amazing projects here. So it's getting that balance right. And the way you get around it for me is, you know, you need to, you just need to start early. I mean, 
I was feeling pretty ordinary this morning because I had the footy <laughs> weekend. So I had the grand final <laughs> and we were out till quite late um, on Saturday. And then there's obviously the NRL function last night watching the rugby final as well. But alarm goes off at 4.35 a.m. and just bang up in, train, yep. train from five to six, come home, get to be with your kids. So you've got to just, yeah, you just got to try and work around it and make, and make time for that. But I think for both of us, we, we never want to miss anything with our yeah. kids and our wife and our family. Yeah, what about you, Mike? You, well, you, it's you, kind you're of cracking sa- on for four, mate. I mean, Tim's like going back Look, up for five or six. I've but- got two and um, <laughs> I'm negotiating a third, but right now she's uh, pretty tough to negotiate with. But something tells me uh, she's just learnt off me. So she's playing a straight bat until hopefully she crumbles. But uh, no, look, it's pretty it's, – we'll, we'll talk about it later again, but when one of your passions and hobbies in life happens to be what you do for a living, it's kind of not hard. Like I get to go to work every day with my best mates. I get to just create these crazy buildings with, you know, our staff as an extension of our family. Our team are just all mm. superstars. Like everyone at Ari is like four normal people that are development yeah. companies. So we've got all these talented people. We have fun all day. So it's not like, you know, I've got this crap job and I get home and I'm stressed and I hate what I do. Like I love it. So it's really easy. Yeah. And then, you know, you just you just sort of balance that time and it's all about priorities, you know. I walk in the front door, my phone stays at the front door. And I'm all in with my kids. Like I'm not showing them that my iPhone's more important than they are. Yeah. I'm all in with my kids. I'm just, you know, you just I've learned that when you're doing something, do it hundred percent, whether it be family, work, training, whatever it is. Podcast with Jason. Podcast, Podcast with Jason. Present right here. It's perfect. And then I'm hundred percent when I sleep too. I'm out like a light within like one minute. That's why he's only got two kids because he doesn't get up with his Tim hasn't slept for the last last four years. <laughs> Uh, which, is, which is yeah. Well, I mean, you know, um, it brings me something, and you touched on it there before. And I, I get I get this question often. You know, um, you know, I would say, you know, Tim, you'd be probably the wealthiest person I know that I've I, I've got on a first name basis. You know, you're well up there, mate. Way way out there with your with, with your with your wealth creation too. You know, and I get this question often. You know, well, if you've got all that money, why do you keep working then? You know, mm. and you just touched on it for me there, like, yeah. you know. It's, it's not work. It's not work. It's not a job at all. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what we always stress. We do a lot of work with the Smith family who, yeah. who you know, um, you know, help support a lot of disadvantaged families and kids and what have you. And we do like an ARIA Learning for Life program with them. We have 50, 60 kids in. And we always talk to them about it. They go, oh, what's the secret? How do I, you know, and we say, you just, you've got to love what you do. You yeah. just got to. If you have a real passion and you love what you do, you will work hard, you will excel, you will, it, it's just not, it's not turning up and having to, to grind out work every day. And I think that's how work has always been for us. We've always loved what we do. Um, so it's never felt like work. And then you couple that with wanting to actually leave a legacy. I can tell you hands down, we do not do what we do for money. We do it because we love what we do and we want to leave a legacy with with our projects for the next 20 to 50 years. That's it's that why, huh? That's, that's, that that, that's our why. Yeah. That is a, yeah. yeah. And I love a lot of the work Simon's done as well and that's exactly what it is for us. And we look at all the great guys. I mean, we get so inspired by obviously Steve Jobs and what he created and Elon Musk and how he transformed the whole world in terms of electric vehicles and what have you. Like, there's no way Mercedes-Benz would be doing electric vehicles if it wasn't for Elon. Yeah, yeah. He right. was the pioneer and we look at that and we say if we can crack – this sustainability piece and we can crack like yeah. we did with the rooftop clubs and all of those things, you know, it can, it can change the game. And that's is that a little a window really in, into piece. the, into the, into the driver there for you guys. Is that like, you know, like ego aside, like yeah. let's, let's be like Elon and set, yeah. set the bar high yeah. because it deserves to be set high. And those who fail well below that, you know, should not, you know, yeah, really survive I, in the end. Well, At the end of the day, the best of the best wins, right? Yeah. You know. I think it definitely is. But right. you force other people, like you touched on rooftops then. Like yeah. when we started doing rooftops, no one was doing rooftops. Yeah. You know, if I mean, you it's never been done before eight yeah. years ago. If you try and sell them development now and you don't have a rooftop with all these amenities, it's like, what do you mean? Like no one's going to buy that now. So it's mm. almost you have to do that to even get your project off the ground. How cool would it be in 10 years' time if you don't have a building covered in trees, if you don't have a park underneath it, if you don't have all these sustainability things? Yeah, if you don't use grey water, it's like I want my kids 
to people grow up. People are going to buy it. Like when they're Vincent going, what and do you Heidi mean? are 18, 20 years old and they look at people and, and it's like, oh, my God, you, your building doesn't reuse all the grey. Where's the water go? What do you mean it just goes down so the drain? So we're going to force yeah. the market to evolve because if, you know, if we do it and we're successful and someone else does it and they're successful, next thing you know, you know you're going to have to follow the herd. And that's what we want. We, you know, it's, it's a movement that happens then, which is just so fantastic for the whole, the whole world basically. Totally. So, yeah. And then we think great designers as well. You know, we love you know, everyone else pushing the envelope. That's why we love the awards nights. It's not, yeah, it's nice to get accolades by your industry peers, but it's really nice that the whole industry is striving to get better and better and better. And I think that's what's fantastic. Some of our great friends like you know, Cav and what have you, like yeah. he does incredible things and he pushes us and we push him and that's- The friendly that's, rivalry that is, is great. Yeah, 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 and it is. And yeah. that's how you get better and better and better yeah. as, as collectives, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, being successful, you know, wealth, building buildings, it's not a solo game. Part of the podcast, the wealth faculty is like a play on words where faculty is like your physical faculties you bring to life, you know, your physical, mental, emotional faculties, your capability to be um, at the top of your game. You know, you touched on it there before, you know, rising in the morning early. Give us a little bit of insight to how you guys stay on, on top. You know, is there a bit of a routine? Is there something? I mean, you're talking about getting up mm. early. Maybe Mike kick off here, and you know, is, is uh, are you still uh, you know, fighting up fit? Early as well. <laughs> are you, are you a night owl? Like, I started running a little bit recently too, so I start, well, yeah, really yeah. decided. He got me into it, so I thought <laughs> I got him into it, and then I did a few marathons, and Mike said, "Oh, well, I'll do an ultra marathon, and I'll do 120 kilometers, not 42 kilometers." And that's a window into our competitiveness. He's like. <laughs> Well, it's cute. You can do 42. I'll just, you know, I'll do 115 So you just did that recently? I did that three yeah. weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. And but how uh, did you prepare for that? Like, what, um, Just like everything. Just, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you eat a whale one, one bite, bite at a time? At a time. Yeah. So I've yeah. got, got a coach who, you know, was a lot smarter than me. He's done it a lot of times before. He set me out a program over a year and I just followed it. Like I didn't need to reinvent the wheel or the pathway. He's just like, you know, you want to, you want to, you're here, this is where you're at. You want to finish here. Yeah. This is what we have to do in the middle. So I just, you know, did his prescribed training over a year. And before I knew it, you know, I was able to do it. So, and so that's, now I've got to do 150. I, I, was gonna say, I, 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 I love the little casual. Yeah. I, I just did an ultra. Like, you know. Well, I have a twin, I have a twin brother, funnily enough, and uh, he was going to do the same race as me, but just to let me know that he still got me covered. He did a hundred mile version, so he did a hundred and sixty k in the same race, <laughs> just to remind me that he still got me covered in that area. That's fantastic. But it's the same thing with all different areas. It's like you know whether you've got you know work or, or fitness or family or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's just you know yeah. it's it's actually a pretty simple process. Find someone who's very successful at that. Yeah. See what they've done and just kind of copy it and tweak it to you. You know, if you want to be successful in business, find people that have done it before. If you want to be wealthy, find people who are already wealthy that can help you along. You yeah. don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You just have to keep things pretty simple and then do it over a very long period of time. You know, I, was, I mentioned this to Tim just the other day. I was at dinner last week and um, there was a, a couple that sat down next to us and it was Noel Whitaker. And he wrote the first book I ever read when I was in year 11, yeah. Getting It Together by Noel Whitaker, Australia's sort of foremost financial planner. Money book, yeah. And I sort of went over and said hi to him and, you know, said, you know, you, you changed, you made a big impression on a young guy. And his whole thing was just compound interest over a very long period of time. Very simple, you know, buy property, buy shares. And if you're going to buy anything, you've got to look at it for a minimum of a 10-year horizon. Mm. And it's just, you know, looking yeah. at everything with a long-term approach. Fantastic. Well, then tell me, like, so ultra marathon, probably ultra in business. Like, you know, you get to that point where your body's saying, yeah, no more. Like, you know, but how do you prepare for that? What, like, what, like where, do you, where do you go? What do you dig out at those points in time? I hit it at oh. 72K. 72K. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I had it with a friend I was racing in this, in this one the other week. It's... Sort of, you underestimate how dig deep you can actually dig sometimes. Mm. And we speak about it like in long distance running, for example. It's like, okay, just get, you almost trick yourself and you go, okay, just get to the, the next the next power pole, you know, and then, okay, get 
to the next power pole and then get to the, and you know, you eventually sort of work your way through it. And I think persistence is something in business that is massively underrated. And I think with a lot of young people as well, it's too easy to try and think you can get rich quick or think you can make it in business or think you can build a great company, but it is, it's persistence, persistence, persistence. It's the key to success um, every single day, getting it together and whether that's getting up at 4.30 and training and having a healthy body and a healthy mind and, and being focused at what you're doing, but you've, you've got to stay persistent with where you're heading. Mm. Um, I think it's a really key trait that, that we've really tried to, you know, drill into the whole ARIA team. Yeah. And we have these things, Jason, like what we talk about, creating buildings we're proud of and, and, and you know, leaving the legacy and loving our customers we talk about a lot as well through yeah. ARIA Living. They're things that every single month we have ARIA innovation sessions in that room next door and it's the first thing I open every single one of them with. Tell me, Jason, how have you loved our customer this month? Like what have we done? Yeah. How have we gone over and above for one of your tenants or an owner or whatever it might be? What decisions have we made we're going to be proud of in 20, 30 years? Like celebrate those things and continue to just reiterate the key things that are important to ARIA and that's that's what we do time and time again. Um and I think eventually you start to you start to get there on a long term basis. Yeah, it's the marathon, it's the ultra. It is. Yeah. It is. Business is an ultra. Yeah. Investing is an ultra. It is. Like I yeah. look the amount of times you look at that Sydney market and people that bought in two thousand and four and sold in two thousand and fifteen, they saw no growth. Eleven yeah. years, no growth in real terms, really. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. take away inflation, no growth. And then from twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen, everything doubled. Yeah. So it was were you were you you know? Like people think it doubled in two years, but it didn't. It doubled in 13 years. It just happened in those final two years, but it was building for 11. Yeah. And that's where we sort of see Brisbane now. Like Brisbane has not had any love and any growth for a decade. And it has to happen at some stage. We don't know when, it's but got it to, has to it's at got some to have stage. Its turn. Yeah, you know? it's got to have its turn. So it's about playing the long game and being persistent with whatever your strategy is in life. There you go. Yeah. What happened at 72? Oh, just, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Everything sucks. Everything hurt. You were just absolutely done. But it was. I had the goal I wanted to finish. Yeah. But then you broke it down to bite-sized pieces, and it was just get to the next checkpoint. So it's just. I figured I had like seven k's to go to the checkpoint. Just trick yourself. Just get there, and then reevaluate. And then you get there. You restock up. You have something to eat, a drink, and you get a little bit more energy. And it's like, all right, get to the next checkpoint. So once again, the big picture goal but in bite-sized pieces it down. and then, you know, you just got to realize that you've always <laughs> got so much more in you than you realize. Yeah. And, you know, just remember my brother and my coach basically saying that when you're absolutely effed, you're only at 40%. Yeah. So I just kept on telling myself, I mean, when I'm really effed, <laughs> so maybe I'm at that 40%. When, to go, when am I going to start feeling better? Yeah. And you do. You do end up as long as you you know the why. There's also a why. Why do you want to finish it? Yeah. You know, what, what do you want to get out of something? It's important. Well, it's, uh, it's, um, it's fantastic in that way because, like you said, you know, a successful anything, successful marriage, successful friendship, successful partnership, successful business, it's an ultra. Right, you know, it's it's not a it's not a short time; it's a long time, and you know, I think it takes it a lot of work as well, doesn't it? To, yeah. to have those, and that's we were talking even before this and before we came on. It was like I think that brutal honesty piece is something that Mike and I have always had. Where yeah. if anyone's getting carried away or anyone's letting you know whatever it might be, an ego get in the way, or it's just being at all times brutally honest with each other. Yeah. and I think you know relationships are the same. With, with partners, you know, you've got to be honest with each other or there's going to be a breakdown at some stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, changing gears into, you know, those who've, who've assisted you guys along the way, the podcast, The Wealth Faculty, like I said, is about your personal ones but also mm -hmm. the faculty of advisors that you have that you go to or you're surrounded by or you seek out when, you know, you need better advice, you know. Maybe for each of you, I'll start with you, Michael. Like who would be the top five in your faculty, that are your go-to people. Like either they can be a professional, or you can name them. It doesn't have to. You don't have to put people's names out there if you don't feel like um, you want to. But you know, five or six people, professions that you need in a aria, best of the best sense. After you know yourself and Tim so and aria and context or personal context. In an aria context for this question, and, and you can do a personal context as well. But you know, 
Who do you go to to get some advice, support to go the distance in this this thing? Well, in Aria, because we're a developer, so we do you know residential developments, public realm, and 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 sort of manage all those things. You, sort of you look at the people that are the best in those sort of areas. So, yeah. you know, there's there's obviously you know Tim's father was was just a, a great sort of mentor to me as well. So. He's just an amazing sounding board because he's just, you know, he's got experience and yep. and that's really amazing. There's also one or two people that are sort of pretty key in, in sort of architecture and also construction that we go to. And then, you know, I, I kind of actually go to Tim a lot. He's just, you know, he's just, there's not too many people out there that just have that sort of, you know, we call him the golden touch, the golden boy over here. But he just has the, he just, I don't know, he has, a, he has an ability He's really to, about that. No, he, he, um, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious in a little way. He, he's, he's got an amazing sort of long-term vision for things. Like, you know, I, I won't see something, I'll see something completely different than what Tim does. And so I, I sort of, you know, looked at Tim a lot. But there's some people that are very successful out there that you can go to and have a sounding board. But without naming them, you touch on a very good point, you know, they say you're the sum total of your five closest friends and the five closest people you hang out with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're also the sum total of the people within your group that you take advice from, whether it be business or personal. Yes. So you've got to be very careful, you know, who you bounce things off and you get a sounding board from because, you know, if you, you pick the wrong people, you know, it's, it's, it can sometimes be a real challenge. So, you know, in a personal life, I, I know those five people and Tim's 100% one of those and I'm, I'm very careful, you know, they're all amazing people. They're all my closest friends but, you know, I, I know that if, if I'm struggling, they're there and I'm also the sum total of the five of them. You know, a lot of people have got someone who's a, a bit of a goose or they got maybe more than that and they wonder why, you know, they think you're acting the wrong way. It's typically mm. the people you associate with. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the circle of influence, huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And what about you, mate? Like, is there? Is oh, there, yeah. Know? I think in work, there's been some some really key ones for me, uh, like turning point um, people that I've really looked up to, and maybe not ones that I've always been able to speak to. Um, as as Mike touched on, you know, obviously my old man's been amazing for me, and yep. just we'd a phone call away or a catch up away at any stage, which has been huge. Um, there was another guy that, that I worked with as well, a guy called Robert, who was really important to me and helped, you know, mentor and shape a lot of my thinking. Um, but, you know, in a bigger sense, uh, I think we've drawn so much off what Steve Jobs did with yeah. Apple. Like we look at that business and how he, fought, you know, he came back as CEO and he took it from 30 or 40 odd product lines down to four. And he said, these are the four things we want to create. And we want to be the best in the world at and and focus on um, and the way they went about doing that was something that was so inspiring, I think, from a business point of view. You know, Apple were on their knees, Apple were gone, they were dead and buried. That was only in 2000. Well, that was yesterday, really. What what he did with that company in 10 to 15 years was incredible. Mm. Uh, with that fanatical focus and discipline, I think what, you know, we mentioned earlier with what Elon's done with Tesla again, you know, I don't even know the numbers on Tesla and how the business works and all of that. Yeah. That's obviously become an incredibly valuable business. But what he has done from a sustainability point of view, you know, he set up Solar City, putting solar throughout the United States. And obviously now he's set up Tesla with the electric car company. And I just think there's a big part of he's something that when he passes in a lot of years' time, however old he is, 60 years' time or whatever it might be. I think he'll look back on his legacy as something that he played a big part in changing the way the world functioned at, the, at a really important point in time. Um, and even guys like, you know, we we are just in awe of guys like David Attenborough that have been these champions all around the world for what they've been doing. Yeah. Um, so you've sort of got great business guys, you've got great environmental guys, you've got, you know, people that fuse both those things because without a financial piece to that environmental piece as well like tesla's been able to do the model can't continue to prosper long term so there's been some amazing people we look up to in that space jim collins as well yeah yeah for all the work he did they've just been really 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 key people i think to me and and the way i've i've thought about the way i live and operate not on a personal sense some of them have had a really different personal life um, and there's different people i look up to in a personal sense, but, but sort of quarantined for the a, bit. Yeah, from yeah. A, a business and, yeah. and you know, 
Yeah. I think they've done incredible things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the family inspiration, that sort of the, that value weaves throughout sort of everything you guys do exude in your building and exude in your, your friendship and your relationships and your own families well, as well. I think well. we're also really lucky. Mm. We both had very similar family environments growing up. Like I'm super close with my family. You know, my dad's, you know, one of my best friends and massive mentors and, you know, mum and dad are still together and my brother and sister. So I think we had a very, had a very similar family environment to, to Tim and his family. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we share a lot of the same values and, and, and you know, so it makes it really easy. It's mm. nice. Well, it's... Kind of, I was going to ask about you know the going the distance as business partners, but really that's the answer, really common values and some honesty to be able to have those conversations yeah. together. You know, you know, I, I'm 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 expecting to see you guys business partners in the next 30, 40, 50 years. Same with me and Sam. I'm, I think I've been pretty lucky with Sam. He's he's a really easygoing guy, but uh, you know when he gets his mind on something, he goes for it, and he can be quite inspirational in his in his space, which I love too. And I guarantee that you guys are getting that and kind think, of energy from each other too. I yeah. think another thing with both of us and with Brent as well and with, with all of the kind of leadership team at ARIA, which there's sort of seven of us there, but it's it's this this feeling of really never, ever, ever letting each other down either. It's kind of like we're at, you know, war for a different terms, um, you know, all together and we yeah. all have each other's back. We would all sort of take a bullet for each other, and we would all never, ever, ever let each other down. Yeah. So when we commit to, hey, this is what we want to do, you know, if we want to really, really love our customers, and we really want to create things we're proud of, like we cannot let each other down. And I think that culture runs through the entire ARIA organisation. Yeah, inspirational. Yeah. Well, I've got one final question for you guys, and I'll get um, I'll get Mike to answer first, and then you can have okay. the last word, Tim. Is, is that how it works, or is it usually the other way? He out? always he usually gets the first word and the last, and the last word, <laughs> and he might let me sneak in a sentence. I'm usually just here to look good, but on a pod, can you pod, believe that? On a podcast, that'd be really hard to do. So I am talking more than normal. Uh, <laughs> part of the part of the wealth faculty is there's a there's a fundamental question like what is the true meaning of wealth to you. What is your definition of that? Um, just having freedom and the options to sort of, you know, live the life the way you want to. It's just, you know, having flexibility and, you know, not being told what to do or when to wake up or when to turn up to work. So I think it's just having options and flexibility. That's really it. Nice. Oh, for me, it's yeah, just it's happiness in, in like life and family, I think. Um, you know, it's, yeah, wealth, it, it's so hard to imagine as you're growing and you're building, but, you know, money just does not buy happiness at all. Yeah, um, and anyone that thinks it does, I'm telling you right now on this podcast, there's no way it changes your level of happiness one bit. So it is really about making sure that you've got those those building blocks with your wife, with your kids, with your f- circle of friends, as Mike mentioned earlier, like that's where real happiness is. So don't think for a second. I think there's always this mystique that money's going to change and make people happier than what they are. It's got to start right now and you've got to build your happiness right now. Tim, Mike, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks, Jase. Thanks, Jase. Good on you. Hey, thanks for joining us on The Wealth Faculty. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe. We're all good podcasts are found. You can find us there. And if you want to watch it, you can subscribe on YouTube, Positive Mentor TV. And until the next episode, take care. Bye for now.